ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Time for our regular chat with Tim Cass from New York City, but no, not from New York City. He's in Melbourne, Australia. Hello, Timothy. <laughs> yes, good morning, Tim. Greetings from uh, your studio here on the South Bank in Melbourne. It's a delight to be here and enjoying the beautiful warm weather here. Are you having a lovely holiday? I'm having a fantastic time visiting friends and family. I haven't been in the country since before COVID. Oh, wow. Well, that's great. Uh, pleased you're enjoying yourself. But, yes, let's talk about back home. Gee, we've been watching this on television. Snow all over the place and very cold. Yeah. Yes, Tim. I was very fortunate to get out of the country. <laughs> I was anticipating a snowstorm, and in New York City, when the snow comes, it really brings the city to a standstill, and particularly the airports. But uh, I was very lucky. This storm that was expected to hit the city actually moved north, and uh, outside the city, they got about 12 or inches or 30 centimeters of snow. But as it turned out, Manhattan only had some light rain, so there was no problem getting out of the country on mm. uh, Monday. Yeah, it, uh, gee, it looked like it was terrible for a lot of people. I mean, the old shoveling the snow, you couldn't shovel it fast enough, could you? Yes, I have land upstate and it had yeah. a good uh, 14 inches that it was covered in. Wow. And uh, my friends who live nearby, they're snowed in. They need someone to come and dig them out with yeah. a, you know, a, um, a truck and a, mm. a pulley on it. So uh, Yeah, right. Well, you know, the same conversation is happening here, Tim, particularly in uh, in North Queensland, where they're still upset that the uh, Weather Bureau didn't forecast what was coming. And, you know, they've got monsoonal conditions now. and It's just been raining and raining and raining and flooding. And it's been tragic. So um, we can't really accurately predict the weather still, can we? It amazes me, Tim. For years now, we can land a man on the moon, yeah. but we can't actually predict the weather. <laughs> it never ceases to amaze me that... Uh, these uh, meteorologists never get it quite right. They mm. always anticipate and they always have different models of what they think could happen, but off, more often than not, something unusual happens that they don't expect, something out of left field. Yeah, there was a scientist here, and uh, I'm not going to attribute him or her to any particular place we can't remember, but did say, like predicting a, a La Nina or an El Nino is like spinning a chocolate wheel. <laughs> I thought, oh, good, that's great, thank you. Yes. <laughs> Very accurate. Um, Not. <laughs> yes, these people do go to school for this profession, correct? <laughs> they do, they do. All right, now this is fascinating. Recent legislation about cannabis in New York, and uh, you've got some retailers, what, cashing in? Yes, uh, they're handing out licenses all over the city, so retailers are opening up their stores. But, Tim, I have to say the odd thing is they're not allowed to display the product. So when the stores first opened, the shop windows were completely blanked out, so you couldn't see what was going on inside. So now, as you can imagine, people don't want to enter a store where they can't see what's happening inside. So now to entice consumers to go in, they're actually designing these very elaborate entries to these stores. And one, in fact, has what looks like a very large um, fish tank, a a cylindrical fish tank in the middle of it, and makes you wonder what's inside. So, you know, curiosity (laughs) gets you in and... uh, I have to say, it's a little odd because do you need to go inside a store unless you know what they're selling? Um, it does make you curious, and it is enticing people to come in with these elaborate entryways. But I have to think, you know, once you get inside and you find out they're selling cannabis, I'm not sure I want to buy cannabis or am I legally allowed to sell cannabis? But, uh, you know, I think of all the liquor stores around Manhattan. Liquor is illegal at a certain age, and you have to be 21 to buy alcohol. 
in New York City. Um, but that's displayed in the shop windows everywhere you go. So I'm not sure what the difference is. No, neither am I. I mean, are they allowed to put a sign up saying, I don't know, weed shop? I guess that's verboten too, is it? Yes. Um, the graphics on the outside of the store is very subtle and, okay. you know, you wouldn't really know what you're walking into. So yeah. uh, it'll be interesting to see how it develops over time. So obviously now, like uh, you know, many places in Europe, legal to sell it, but you can't advertise it. I just, I don't understand that. If you're going to be allowed to sell it, well, surely you could uh, say, well, this is what I've got in the shop. It makes no sense to me, but there you go. I <laughs> totally agree with you, Tim. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, again, it's remarkable how often we have the same issues to confront. Uh, the drop in rents after the resurgence of the rental market post-COVID, and uh, we've got the same issue right here. Yes, Tim. During COVID, as you can imagine, thousands upon thousands of people vacated New York City. Mm. So. You couldn't give apartments away. In fact, landlords were dropping rents by as much as 30%. So Mm. it was staggering. But of course, when COVID came to an end, people flooded back to New York City. Everyone loves the city. Everyone was tired of living outside the city because they loved New York so much. So they all came flocking back. And so suddenly rents started to increase and they would go up 10%, 20%, and then as much as 30% and even beyond what they were pre-COVID. But finally, it seems to have stabilized a little bit. And there has been a slight drop last month of just, it's just 2%. So the median price of an apartment now in New York went from 4,100 a month to 4,000 a month. So that equates to about 500 US dollars a week. Because I know here in Australia, week uh, rent is by the week, correct? Well, yes, generally, but oh, God, that's expensive. That's a thousand dollars a week in our money for an apartment in Manhattan, yeah? Correct, exactly. Whoa. Well, a thousand in US dollars, so oh even my God, more even in more. Australian. Mm. Well, God, we think we're doing it tough. Well, the, yes, the same thing happened, but I hope that we get the same result that uh, you've had in Manhattan because, yes, during COVID it was uh, down and down. Now it's just gone up and up and up and up, uh, and I think we're still on the way up. So I hope there's a levelling out because, you know, honestly, Tim, it, here it would be the same in Manhattan. I'm sure we get to the stage we can't afford it. Yes, I have to tell you, Manhattan is one of the most expensive cities mm. in the world, as I'm sure most people know. I mean, they do pay the highest salaries and wages, so that's a great thing for someone like myself who lives there because it is expensive to live. But it's tricky for those people in the service industry that work in hotels and restaurants. You know, basically, they can't afford to live in the city anymore. Yeah, no, indeed. Now, uh, you're a well-traveled man, you are. Uh, contactless. I haven't been overseas for a, a time, so I might get a bit of a shock when I do. Uh, passport's still valid, so we'll see how we go. But uh, documents don't seem to be as necessary anymore? No, Tim, I was most surprised. In the last 12 months, I've traveled to several countries, including Australia, England, Spain, Singapore, Bali, and Dominican Republic. And I have to tell you, you never need a credit card. You don't need to carry your documents. Mm -hmm. In fact, everything can be stored on your smartphone. There's a QR code to uh, board your plane and to uh, find your seat. So you don't ever need any paper goods. There's nothing that you need to carry these days except, of course, for a valid passport. So it makes me wonder when a passport's going to be digitized because that would yeah. make life so much simpler that you don't have to carry anything. You don't even have to carry any local currency these days because you can use mm. your smartphone to charge everything. And uh, you might think that you might want a tip, but you can add a tip onto the charge. So it makes traveling extremely easy. I have to say, in all the traveling mm. I've done these past 12 months, you know, just so long as I remember my passport, and I have to admit, <laughs> I did on one of my recent trips uh, take 
my Australian passport, which I found to be expired. Oh, and so when I yeah. decided to come on this trip, I thought, oh, maybe I need to renew my passport, only to realize that I am fortunate to have dual citizenship, so I was able to travel on my U.S. passport. But I have to say, <laughs> they pulled me out of the line when I arrived at Tullamarine Airport, uh, yeah. <laughs> and they had a record that I had dual citizenship, and they said to me, so can you tell me why you're not coming into the country on your Australian passport? Mm -hmm. And I had to admit that my Australian passport had expired. Oh. And they informed me that there was the day that you could enter the country on an expired passport. But those days are over, so you can't do that any longer. So I was fortunate that I did come in mm. on my American and they allowed mm. me into the country. So it uh, would have been disappointing if I had been turned away. Did border security give you a little stern talking to? Uh, they were actually very delightful. I well, guess they were okay. they're filming a, uh, some TV show at the moment, so there was a lot of cameras and um, oh, yeah, right. border yeah. security people there. So I wasn't sure exactly what was going on or whether I was in the middle of something, but uh, <laughs> I was very happy to say that I got in without any issues. Oh, I love that show. I think it's called um, Border Force, that show. And I, I tell you what, off subject, I suppose, but I just find it remarkable, Tim, the things that people are prepared to try and bring in. And they seem to want to get away with it, too. It's just a fascinating show to watch. So, yeah, that, that would have been fun to be in the middle of that. <laughs> well, I understand they're looking for the cigarettes these days because yeah. those are so expensive. And all manner of other things, too, I would imagine. Yeah. I think the only thing about that is whatever you do, don't leave your smartphone in the departure lounge or you'd be in big trouble. <laughs> yes. And the other thing to remember, Tim, of course, is to bring a charger. Yeah. Make sure yeah. you can charge that phone because if it runs out of juice, you're in big trouble. Yeah. I will say with UBS ports now, the nice thing is you don't actually need an electric charger because so long as there's a USB port, yes. you can plug it in anywhere in any country. Yeah, it makes that's life true. Yep. very easy. The digital era of <clears throat> travel. Well, the last time I did go away, it was the first time I'd seen that. You could put your passport through a scanner, so there's no need for the uh, border security person to really go over it. So, But I imagine it's gone a lot further than that. I have been overseas for, oh, gee, probably more than 10 years, so it would have advanced since then. Tim, I'm sure the day will come when you'll be able to scan your passport from your smartphone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, this one's uh, interesting, acupressure at home. Now, uh, a lot of people go, oh, acupuncture, it doesn't work. Well, yes, it does. I've had a number of times, particularly for a terrible a problem I had with tendonitis in my elbow. But this is a, an interesting story. Yes, Tim, this is something that I received over the holidays. It turns out it's one of the very trendy gifts that people were giving mm. each other over the holiday period. And I received one. And I have to say, this is a nylon mat that's made up of thousands of tiny needles or spikes. Wow. And the idea is that you lay on this mat on your back and it helps relieve the pain of muscles and uh, relaxes the skin. Okay. But, Tim, I have to tell you, do I want to be lying on a bed of nails? Just the thought of it <laughs> makes me tense. I can't imagine... <laughs> Wanting to lay on this mat. I mean, they do say you can cover it with a pillow slip when you first want to try it. But um, I'm afraid I'm not sure I like this gift. I might be returning it. Oh, you've got one. Yes, of oh, course. Yes. Oh. Okay. Well, what have you tried it? I have not. I'm right. not game. I get I get tense thinking about it. <laughs> Come on. So I, it's only going to add to my stress. It's not going <laughs> to take it away. That's for sure. Oh, have a bit of adventure, go on. Mind you, if I had it, I don't think I'd be doing it either. So, <laughs> now, here's a very interesting thing. We have this big debate here about who discovered pavlova. 
Was it the Kiwis or was it us? Now, is it in my mind that wasn't New York the first place where actual pizza was developed or did it come from Italy? Do you know? That's a very good question, Tim. I don't know the answer to that. You've had it for a very long time. Yes, but pizza, I can tell you, is really beloved in New York City. We have so many pizzerias and so many restaurants that serve pizza. I have to say I think it's probably one of the most popular food sources uh, in the city. It's amazing. I can tell you that (laughs) the city serves, believe it or not, 500,000 pizzas a day in New York City. Wow. So that's half a million pizzas every day. <laughs> so there's a lot of people in New York, which unlike here in Australia, which I had found recently, you know, typically here you buy a full pie. That's right. Yeah. But the beauty of New York is you can buy it by the slice. Yes. So it's a fairly – it's a slice of a very big pizza, but it runs about $3, um, and that's just in cheese and tomato sauce. So yeah. if you want extra toppings, it's going to cost you more. But um, they are serving it with just uh, – Vegan cheese these days, which of course I'm trying to eat as much vegan food as possible. And I will say the vegan mozzarella has come a long way. And I guess mozzarella is the most popular and most used cheese in the United States. And it's simply because of the frequency of people eating pizzas. In fact, they serve in the States 350 slices of pizza are eaten every second. Goodness me. <laughs> yeah, I was staggering. You love that. your pizza, don't you? <laughs> well, mind you, that's that's very plain, Tim, just, you know, mozzarella yes. and a bit of tomato sauce. So, <clears throat> see, here, uh, and I'm sure around the world, it's got very fancy. You can get a meat lovers. You can get, you know, chicken pesto. You can get garlic pizza, uh, garlic prawn. So, is that, so the slice of pizza could cost you five or six bucks. Yeah. Yes, it can add up, depending yeah. on the toppings. But they don't put the toppings on quite like they do here in Australia. I've discovered, you know, they put egg and pineapple and, you know, you can get – it's like a hamburger with the lot. It's like a pizza with the lot. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, I must say here, uh, maybe I could have when I was a kid, but you're right. Uh, you just buy the whole pizza and share it with, with the family. But um, some people eat the whole th- – I couldn't eat a whole uh, pizza myself. No way in the world. So the slice is a good idea. Yes, two slices is my limit, I have to admit. Yeah. I kind of could never eat a whole pie. Well, just all of, all of the shows you see, even on Seinfeld, you'd see them walking down the street with their slice of pizza. It's a, it's a quick and easy way to have your meal, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yes. As I said, one of the most popular food groups in the city is a pizza store. You can find them everywhere and they're open 24-7. So when you're hungry in the middle of the night, you'll always know you'll be able to get a slice of pizza. 350 of them per second. Yes. Wow. <laughs> and that's just in New York. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, actually, I think that fact is the country. That's oh, that's the, right. Oh, God, thank God for that. That's the country. No, <laughs> the other fact that I mentioned, the 500,000, that is New York. That, that is New York. the number of pies, yes, wow. in New York. Half, mm. a, half, a, half a million a day. Million, yeah. That's extraordinary. Uh, well, look, it's just always a pleasure to talk to you about New York, but even uh, more interesting because you're actually here. Now, have you done anything here, uh, tell my listeners, that uh, you've not done before? Yes, as a matter of fact, Tim, I have. I Some friends that uh, I uh, met up with, who I haven't seen since I was here last trip, yeah. invited me to go uh, snorkeling oh, cool. off the Blegari Back Beach. Okay. So I have to say it's something that 
I thought was a little risky because it is the Pacific Ocean mm. and there are these rock pools and we went at low tide. Yeah. Um, and all I could think of was mm. poor Harold Holt yeah. who drowned <laughs> at the Portsea Back Beach. And I'm thinking, is this going to be my fate? Because <laughs> I'm you know, getting a little long in the tooth. I'm not <laughs> as fit as I used to be. And even though I grew up as a swimmer and I have snorkeled before and I've also scuba dived, I haven't done it in many, many years. And uh, I did feel like I was taking a big risk, but must say I was very pleased to say it was a very successful <laughs> expedition. And uh, I managed to snorkel and see fish and seaweed, seaweed and it was uh, quite a delight. And here you are to tell the tale. You do yes. know the conspiracy theory about Harold Holt, don't you? Uh, there are many conspiracy <laughs> theories, I'm sure. But he didn't, sure. didn't really drown. He was picked up by a Chinese submarine and spirited <laughs> away. <laughs> oh, that was going around, let me tell you. Mm. Yeah. Okay. 1967, that was. So you didn't even mention the sharks. Well, in rock pools, you wouldn't get sharks. but the, Well, maybe, little ones. No, I did see a, um, a seal actually yeah. decided oh, to... Cool. Uh, Climb up on the beach at McRae and uh, the local authorities put a nice fence around it so yeah. the locals couldn't poke at it. But uh, it seemed to be in good shape. It just decided it wanted a sunbake on the beach. So it was there for a couple of days, but I believe it's returned to uh, Port Phillip Bay. But uh, I'd never seen a seal before when growing up here for the first 30-odd oh, years you, of my life. Yeah. I didn't really know we had seals in uh, Port Phillip Bay. But, oh, that's uh, excellent. There you have it. Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah. You saw that. Uh, yeah, he or she was a star on uh, television news when that happened. And I'm pleased they uh, they fenced the animal off so people kept away. It was great. Yeah. Yes, I happened to uh, set up camp with my family. We we're a beach day at the beach, mm. right next to them. So I got to see the, the seal sort of uh, sunbake away. Well, I'm delighted that you had a, a great time here and got away from the cold. But I suppose eventually you have to go back to it. Yeah. Yes, I'll be returning on Monday the 22nd. So, yeah. uh, yes, a few more days and uh, I'll be back in the cold weather. It's uh, quite a shock to the system, I have to say, <laughs> to go from such extremes. Yes, probably to go from minus 20 to plus 20 or even more than plus 20, plus 30. It's been very hot here lately. Yeah, yeah. the weather here in Melbourne has been fantastic, I yeah. have to say. Yeah. Always a pleasure to talk to you about New York, whether you're here or there. So delight to have another chat. Likewise, Tim. Pleasure and best to all the listeners. Tim Cass. ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more.